Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here. Tuesday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network, streaming live on our YouTube page. Search out Outkick. We have to subscribe. You can catch all the great shows and programs and podcasts available there and at Outkick.com. And you can hear us daily starting at 3 o'clock Eastern on this great radio partner. Chad, 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. You were in uh, Gatlinburg this, this weekend. You've had a great uh, Water Memorial Park, Day weekend. I hope uh, everyone did. experience. Yeah, it was, it was the perfect. It, it very much felt like a Memorial Day weekend in America, being in East Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains, surrounded by who I was surrounded by, Yeah, at a water park uh, with families <laughs> everywhere. We had a great uh, cookout here. Nice, nice. The cookout. That's the one thing that I didn't get to experience over the weekend was Grill. it was more of those where uh, I went to the store and we basically ate in our condo for the most part. Didn't really get out and eat the the taste of Americana. Yeah, you know, ham sandwiches just don't really get it done sometimes. So you saving it for July Fourth? I was telling you guys during the break though, there was one water slide. I've never been on one like this. People can chime in on the YouTube chat if you've been on something similar to this. I love water parks. Me Even too. more than than you know your standard theme park, there was one ride that I was. I think they called the Vortex, and you stand on a trap door to start. It's almost like you're in a smaller version of an old telephone booth. They put you in, they shut the door, and then they have a countdown, and they drop you straight down to where you're going so fast you go up in a tube, and then you spin around and come out into a landing pool. Never experienced anything like that. Felt like Tom Cruise shooting the next Mission Impossible as I was in this thing. <laughs> and um, it went so fast with someone my size that I don't even remember going up. Like by the time I finished it, did I ever go up? Because you're just going so fast when you drop, when it, the floor falls out so below fat. you. Yeah. It was, it was quite the experience. There was a dad in front of me in line, and his daughter, teenage daughter, was going before him. And he was, you could tell, very anxious. And he's reading all the different instructions about the ride. And he said, if you want to save yourself some anxiety, don't read this part here about what to do if you get stuck in the turn <laughs> as you're going up. Because it involves pushing your arms back on the side and yeah. falling straight back, not being able to see what's behind you as you slide get- backwards in it. And then there's another door <laughs> they come out and open to let you out of this thing. And I said, thank you for explaining all that to me. Didn't want to think about that at all. Yeah, that's But I also terrifying. felt like I'm pretty sure I'm going to get the velocity needed to get up this hill with no problem. Have you seen the, 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 the guys that will – they act like something's wrong? Like, you're, like you get in – you, you mentioned like you've got like a trap door that opens or whatever, yeah. right? They act like something's wrong or you're not in it properly and they go ahead and hit the button right before you – as you start to panic. Oh, that's <clears> – <throat> to me, that's <laughs> – like you should never. I, I feel like people of these rides, like that, you should. It's almost like going to the doctor's office. You got to have good bedside manner when you're working these theme parks, because you can tell when there's like a kid, especially who's nervous. My my, you know, not eight year old daughter 
was I don't think nervous, they're doing it to the young was kids. nervous at parts, you know, and I'm like trying to ask questions. Yeah. But there are some people who are smart aleck enough that would do things like that. Yeah. You cannot do that if someone's really scared. Now, it was funny. The guy who was working this ride, the dad in front of me, who was I wasn't all that nervous about it, but he was almost making me nervous because he was so scared of it. And he was asking, I said, you never see people get stuck, right? Like, there's never happens. This never. This scenario listed in rule number seven of this ride never happens. And he kind of goes, oh, no, no. And he looked at me and winked. He's like, all, all the time. And nodded to me. He's like, people get stuck. People got four people got stuck after that as I'm watching them in the water park. It's nuts. Great weekend though. I didn't get I stuck. Get, same. Everything was good. Uh, great weekend for the Raiders. I don't know. Probably. Uh, they've got Tom Brady as a, a very small percentage owner in the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, that's yet to be approved by the NFL owners. They need 24 votes of the 32 to approve that. They'll, that will be later. That will be. Uh, an easy approval, as long as they can verify that Brady is is officially done, that he's he's retired for good, per reports. Well, that's a topic right now because Jimmy Garoppolo can't pass a physical. He had surgery on his foot. After injuring his foot in December, he had surgery on his foot in March. This is something that the Raiders, they knew he was injured. They wanted him to get this procedure. They signed him and then waived the, the health clause upon signing. But the caveat to this is if he can't pass a physical and he's not ready for week one, based on the way the contract reads per reports, pro football talk and others, they can cut him loose and they don't owe him a dime because for his bonus, and that, that includes the signing bonus, for his bonus to kick in, He's got to not only pass a physical, but get through a game, the first game he starts, without re-injuring that foot, re-aggravating that foot injury. So the question would be, how long do you wait if you're the Raiders, if in fact he hasn't been cleared to play, if your team doctors are saying he's not ready to return, we're failing him on the physical, and you can cut him at no cost to you, how long do you wait to do that, considering the option? The options right now, while they're... I mean, it's bad. It could look a lot worse come training camp. You've got Carson Wentz available, Matt Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater. Those are the three that come to mind. But you could also trade. But Chad, he's also Tom Brady. And in Las Vegas, he's the odds-on favorite at the sports books to be the starting quarterback week one if Jimmy Garoppolo is not healthy. Two to one, and the odds-on favorite to be the guy. Here's the kicker. He can't be a percentage owner of the Raiders and be the quarterback of said team unless every single owner votes that it's okay for him to do so, which isn't going to happen. Someone's going to vote no. Someone in the division. But he needs 24 of the 32 to vote yes on him being a percentage owner. That will happen. Um I, I mean, he's, he's thought he was retired and came back before. I think this is for good. I really do. But, man, it's intriguing to see the odds in Las Vegas for week one and the starting quarterback if Garoppolo is inactive or not on the roster to begin with because he's cut, waived, injured at no cost to the Las Vegas Raiders. 
But you're not cutting Garoppolo now. I think a lot of the headlines make it seem like they're trying to debate if they're going to cut him now. That's not that's not the case. You keep him around to see if he can pass a physical before the start of the season because you need him. And if not, I mean, it just looks awful that they let a, they let Derek Carr walk, a healthy Derek Carr, uh, in exchange for Garoppolo, that when he's in, he wins, but he's only healthy about 50% of the games. Well, he wins the 49ers. That's a far different yeah. franchise than but the Raiders. He, but he also won when he was a starter for the Patriots when he had to step in. Patriots. When he plays, he wins football games. I, I just... Again, Patriots, 49ers, so far greater than that Raiders organization. And that's my big question. I don't understand their plan. It's easy to look around the league and say, okay, this team is tanking until they can get their quarterback. This team is trying to develop this rookie or second-year quarterback. Yeah. This team yeah. is trying to hang on with a star quarterback. The Jets just were a quarterback away from being relevant. So they did everything they could to get Aaron Rodgers. And then you have the Raiders, who have – let Derek Carr go, done some things to piss off Devontae Adams, the point where he is outwardly calling out the organization, and Josh McDaniels comes back in a comment and says, I respect the guy so much he's earned the right to say what he wants, but he came along as the year went on, and he'll continue to come along. Not a good spot to be in. No. And then Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, who's a fine player. He's not bad, but a guy with a foot who may not work that – May not pass a physical. This is your Band-Aid for this a lot year. And gets hurt a lot. Not going quarterback with a top 10 pick. I, I just, I, I'm having they, a hard time understanding what their long-term plan Mc, is. McDaniels just went with what he knew. He knows his quarterbacks. He knows the quarterbacks that have played in his system. Garoppolo is. He's, they've got Brian Hoyer as their backup there. So, I mean, that, that's, again, that's the long-time backup in New England. But it's not... YouTube chat is talking about, are the Raiders tanking for Caleb Williams? They're not tanking. No. Jimmy Garoppolo playing is not tanking. You know, Aiden O'Connell playing, who's on their roster, that's tanking. Then I would understand what they're doing. But this goes back to, I can't pinpoint what it is exactly Josh McDaniels wants, other than what you're saying, Hutton, familiarity. That, that's I'm it. going to guys that I know whether that makes sense for the current state of the organization or not. Because really what we need is a great quarterback to compete for titles, and that's and, what we ultimately want. But, they, but we don't have that, so we're just going to go the mid-route. And I don't know how – Which is Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know how you tank with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs on your offense. No, I you shouldn't. I, don't, I mean, I know they traded Darren Waller, but I don't know how you tank And I'm not saying they that. should be tanking. I, a, I just – I don't really know what – with Carr not there and now Garoppolo – you basically, and they drafted the Notre Dame tight end. You right? kind of substitute Carr with a more injured Mayor. version of Carr. Yeah. I think Carr's the better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo overall. He's but they Garoppolo's did. won more, but he's been with better organizations. But what's interesting, like so, Carr and McDaniel's were were oil and water, and, and we know that not just through what has transpired, but also, I mean, they uh, the the New Orleans Saints brought in John Gruden for a five hour meeting with their offensive staff to learn how to get the most out of their new free agent quarterback in Carr. Gruden's been meeting with the Saints over that. That's So, um, yeah, I think that's what McDaniels was doing, is bringing in quarterbacks that he knows that can run his system and run it the way he wants it done. But, I, I mean, it's time for Josh McDaniels to win. He was the most talked about coordinator in, in the NFL for 10 years after he failed in Denver. 
and now he gets the money. He chooses the Raiders. He he the Colts wanted him. He took the gig for a day and then, and then quit. It's time for Josh McDaniel. It, it, this is Jimmy G's his guy. So it's either Jimmy G or Brady. And Brady did want to play for the Las Vegas Raiders. Gronk made that very clear in a story he was telling. It's, it's, it's a fascinating story. It's time line. for Josh McDaniels to win. It's also time for the Raiders organization to come up with a coherent plan. And I don't know what that is right now with Jimmy Garoppolo, who has signed a contract that is null and void if he can't pass a physical, which at this point may be likely, given his injury history. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. Uh, Chad, the Miami Heat, back in the NBA Finals, it's happened a lot since 2006. 2006 was the franchise's first appearance in the NBA Finals. This is their seventh. Isn't That's that nuts? Crazy. They've been the seventh since 2006. Seen a lot of the Miami Heat. And Pat Riley, baby. We haven't seen a lot of eight seeds do what they're doing. And you're right. Pat Riley with the undrafted players and uh, playoff Jimmy and everything in between. They stepped up yet again in a pressure-packed moment. They, they, I don't know if they like being doubted or they like proving doubters wrong or they, they, they like being the, the ultimate underdog, including Spolstra. But, man, did they... They flourish when you can't do what you do best. And Boston, just when they couldn't hit the three, they lost all but one game when they couldn't hit the three. And Miami took advantage of all of it. And credit to, to the Celtics for bouncing back and getting off the mat down 0-3 to, to make this a series and force a game seven. But the Miami Heat continue to show what culture can do for you. They talk about heat culture. To me, that culture is knowing your role. Everyone on that team is completely connected, and they know what their role is, and they don't stray from that on that team. That's why you can have Max Struess be something for your team. That's why Jimmy Butler can go off in these games the way he has also is because the Miami Heat know exactly who they are, and every member of that team, they know exactly what they need to do to have ultimate success, and that success has led a team that without Tyler Hero, one of their starters and one of their leading scorers, to the NBA Finals as an eight seed. Not a great moment for those that are anti-load management in the league, simply because such a low seed has shown they can pull it together and make this run. But I think the Heat are a great example for, for the rest of the league of how to build an organization and how to go about it with guys who are you know a couple stars, but really a bunch of role players that know exactly what to do. And the Nuggets are a great Example of the team aspect, solid throughout yeah. uh, their starting group. Coming up, Ben Mintz. Mincy, formerly of Barstool. Portnoy and Big Cat and others had his back when he made a, a, a stupid and, and honest mistake reading rap lyrics live on the air, and that, that included a racial slur. Penn Entertainment, they didn't care who had Mincy's back. They fired him. We'll dive into that, plus find out what he's been up to and get his thoughts on some SEC headlines as well. Mincy's next, right here on Hotline.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton and Withrow with you for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Pleased to be joined by Ben Mintz, formerly of Wake Up Mincy, formerly of Barstool Sports, who made a stupid, honest mistake, and he's been open and honest about that. I think we're all surprised, based on working for Barstool, that he was fired based on an honest mistake, but he joins us now. Uh, Mincy, great to have you on the show, man. Thank you for the time. Hope you had a good Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, yeah, I'm kicking it in uptown New Orleans, and I uh, see y'all are in Nashville, so good to see some Southern representation here. Yeah, you I, you had to think you would be suspended at worst, right? Based on, and for those that don't know, you, you uh, said a, a racial slur while rapping – song lyrics to Bone Thugs and Harmony on Wake Up Mincy. And when it happened, Chad and I talked about it on the show. You can tell. You knew, like, whoa, what did I just say? What did I just read? Just based on the honest reaction, the honest mistake, I thought, well, surely he's, it's a suspension at worst coming from Penn Entertainment. Yeah, I obviously disagree with their decision, but I'm not in a place, uh, you know, when you're talking about Penn, you're dealing with a billion-dollar company and all kinds of gaming regulations and all this stuff. I mean, you, you saw the fallout, Dave and Big Cat and Eric and Ardini all uh, went really hard for me and had my back, which I super appreciate. I still have great relationships with everybody at Barstool. And look, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of lucky and that publicly I've gotten the benefit of the doubt here because anybody that knows me and follows me, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm one of the least malicious people you're going to know. And I obviously made a very stupid mistake. Uh, you could see me, you know, I was I was rapping the song, reading off my phone, and, and I just slipped. And, uh, you know, my face turned white immediately, and I snap apologized, and I got on Twitter and apologized. And, I mean, I you know, I, I kind of near had a panic attack on Monday, but I kind of calmed down Monday afternoon. And as the fallout went by the next uh, day or two, I, I thought I sent a really formal apology letter to Erica Nardini, our CEO, and she sent back, like, obviously, you made a really stupid mistake. Don't ever do it again. And when she said that, I was like, okay, well, I'm probably not getting fired if she said don't ever do it again. Uh, and then Wednesday, I got a call from Dave saying, look, we went really hard for you. We don't know what Penn's going to do. And when he said that Wednesday morning, I immediately was like, okay, well, I'm just going to mentally prepare for getting let go because Dave's saying that. It's probably not good. And uh, Erica Nardini FaceTimed me literally almost in tears. Uh, Wednesday afternoon when she told me I was getting let go. And I obviously wasn't thrilled about it. You know, I disagreed with the pin decision, but life, uh, I'm a big positive energy, positive attitude guy. I'm a life hands you, you know, lemons make lemonade. And I've uh, kind of had a really awesome last three or four weeks uh, with Jazz Fest New Orleans. And then I, I took off on a 20 day road trip through North Carolina and South Carolina and the SEC tournament. And I uh, had, had a lot of fun seeing a lot of friends and family and I actually turned 40 tomorrow. So uh, you know, I'm trying to make the best uh, best of all of it, for sure. 
Well, you've definitely handled it in a, in a positive way, and, and, and you should be commended for that. It's, it's an interesting case study because so much of Barstool's success, and, and you know this, Mincy, is based on community and based on social media and based on the stoolies, which was built and ballooned through social media. And I look at your story there, and I think it also probably cost you your job because if people aren't angry tweeting and posting Penn National – you probably still have a job. They probably responded to people that don't like Barstool that reached out to them, and we've seen it before with bosses. When they see that, they oftentimes respond to the negative. How much do you blame social media response to what eventually happened? To be honest, what was so interesting about it, because when it happened, I was freaked out that I was going to be too hot to touch for a while because of the nature of society and but I, I don't think the mob ever came for them. I think they just said we're not allowing racial slurs to be said, period. It's a no-tolerance policy. But there was never a big social media outcry against me, really, at all. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, when you work for Barstool, so much of your life is on social media. And the way I've tried to carry myself the last two and a half years, I mean, I'm a Christian. I don't say F-bombs or GD on air. Like, I'm way toned down compared to a lot of Barstool people. And the week before, I ran a 10K on the Yak that raised like $50,000 for families fighting child cancer, and everybody saw that. And so I think all that stuff kind of reflected well on my character, and people saw like, you know, I'm that's that's more what I'm about. I'm not a hateful person, and I think because of that, I got a little bit of the benefit of the doubt publicly. Online sports betting illegal in, what, 21 states now. That was the story, is that they're pointing to regulation and, and government regulation um, and, and and licenses for where they want to be or where they are that they may lose. Is is that accurate And as to why they, they made this move? I mean, that's what they said. Like, I'll be honest, I am on the Barstool side of it. I never spoke to anyone at Penn at all. I was dealing with Dave and Erica on the Barstool side of it. That's what they told Dave. That's what Dave says. I trust Dave Portnoy. You know, he, he's a guy. The thing about Dave, he never lies. I mean, he's a, all about brutal truth and honesty, to a fault. So if that's what he says, I'm sure that's what happened. Uh, obviously, you know, I thought it was unfortunate, but I mean, I think, you know, the thing about life, you know, you're, you know, I gotta, I gotta deal with it. I gotta move on. And, uh, I think I've got, you know, a pretty good situation, uh, coming up the next few months. So I think it's going to be all right. Yeah. You got world series of poker, right? Yeah. So it's really fun for me and it's luck. I'm lucky to have this. So I was a poker pro from 2006 to 2014 and that was all I did. I was top 200 in the world in online poker at one point, and I've done really well in the World Series main event. And so with summer coming up, I get to go play the World Series of poker. I have backers who put up my buy-ins, and then I took a six-week job with Poker Go. So it's kind of like – it's funny. I feel like I'm in high school or college, and I'm like going to summer camp with the summer job. Uh, but for Poker Go, I'm going to be doing play-by-play of some World Series final tables, reporting, podcast content – but they're super cool. Like, go play the WSOP and just work for us when you're not playing. And so I think it's an awesome situation. I fly out Friday, June 2nd. I'll be in Vegas through the end of the main event, probably till July 15th or 20th. Uh, they're also cool with maybe me taking off. I might end up in Omaha at some point, you know, running around. I don't have to do the whole six weeks, but I do have to be there for the main. So I think it's, you know, while I'm figuring out the next big decision, it's a perfect bridge job and situation. And you know, I love getting to fire poker again. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mincy with us uh, here on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. So the one thing I've noticed, you're, you're not running the circuit, trying to make excuses or, or trying to make people feel sorry for you. I don't know how you don't feel bitter. Maybe you do, but you don't portray it. 
because on one hand, as Chad mentioned, Barstool is known for the anti-cancel culture. We're going to say what we want and we can apologize for it, but uh, you know, suspension at worst. I'll go back to that. And then on top of it, I, I think also, what? How long have you been at Barstool? Not even three years, right? Yeah, it was two. Two. I got hired in October of 2020, so okay. two, two and a half. So I, I wonder, did that play into it? Did the fact that you're a white guy from the South and an Ole Miss fan play into it? Like, I, again, like I, I'm just trying to figure out why they didn't listen to Portnoy. Yeah, look, I, the thing about it is, it, it's like unfortunate. I, I literally wish I could tell you what played into it, but I haven't communicated with Penn Gaming at all. So, whatever, you know, I don't know what happened behind closed doors. Obviously, they had a zero tolerance policy. Uh, you know, Penn took over 100% of Barstool in February. Clearly, they're more corporate and they had a zero tolerance policy for what I said, even if it's, you know, off my phone and no maliciousness. They just said, you can't do this, period. And I don't know what they said, all the stuff you're asking about. Like, all I know is Bar still had my back and Penn did not. And that's that's all I got for you. Maybe you're a healthier person than I am. I'd want to know specifically who made the decision at Penn, even if I hadn't met them before. Do you know specifically who made the decision? Do you want to know who made that call? I don't know who made the ultimate call, but the buck does stop with Jason Snowden, the CEO. But I don't have a relationship with him, and I've never met him. But you got to think he's the CEO, and that's who the buck stops with. I don't know if it was a board meeting uh, or what, but that's that's all. Like I said, I hate, I hate being vague, but I just really don't know. What What do you think's next for Portnoy after the contract's up? He specifically mentioned 20 months. He didn't mention uh, January 2025. He mentioned everything's up in 20 months. I thought that was very specific. Look, I when it comes to Dave Portnoy, uh, I know he's probably up to something, but I, I don't even want to begin to guess because uh, I, I literally have no idea. But I do know that I still have a great relationship with him uh, and with Big Cat and with Erica. And I think, you know, it, it's nice that even though it, it sucks that I left Barstool, at least I left on good terms with the whole company and you never know what the future holds. Well, what's next for you after this uh, six-week uh, summer job stint? With poker, as you as you described it, is up. Well, what do you, what do you want to do next? Well, I, I think I'm sitting back, and I'm lucky. I, there's definitely some interest in me right now, which is a, a first world problem. Because as I said, because the hot button nature of this, I was worried I was going to have to just go play poker for a year or two until this calmed down. Uh, but that kind of it's kind of broke the other way. Uh, I'm I'm trying to be extremely calculated about the next decision. But the the, the thought is, I don't know when I'm gonna you know, announce the next move, but I'm looking to start something in early to mid-August right before football season uh, is the thought. Uh, I'm going to enjoy the poker thing through July 15th or 20th and then, you know, be looking to take something for fall. You know, I might announce something sooner than that, but that's kind of the the way I'm looking at it. And, I, and you know, I, and I, I'm not closing any doors. I, I love living in uptown New Orleans. Uh, I did the New York thing for a couple of years and it wasn't necessarily my favorite, but I mean, in the situation I'm in, anybody that is interested in me, I'm listening to everybody. You feel like you're – you and I are the same age. You feel like you're a bit of a crossroads? Yeah, it's interesting, though. Uh, turning 40 tomorrow, like it's – you know, birthdays are whatever as you get older, but the 40th one kind of makes you sit back and evaluate life. And I, even with this happening, I'm really happy where I'm at. I've made a lot of great changes in my life. You know, I've gotten healthier. I quit drinking three years ago. and. I just I feel like I've got a lot of great relationships and opportunities, and I love living in NOLA. And you know, it, it could always be worse. I think one thing I do that people laugh, but I feel like I try to do mental gymnastics, and I, I try to make every negative into a positive because I believe like positive energy, you know, runs the world. And 
you put out good vibes and energy to the universe, it'll come back to you. So I try to live by that. Let's talk a little football. Nick Saban not happy with the direction of things right now at SEC Media Days. And Destin, he said as much. He asked the question, do, do any of you really like the direction of where we're headed in college athletics right now? Ben, what do you think about where things are headed right now in college football and what specifically Saban is talking about in regards to the SEC? Well, I think the thing is, I don't mind. I know the SEC getting bigger with Oklahoma and Texas, but with the playoffs going to 12 teams, nine and three record out of the SEC is going to get you into the playoffs now. And so, you know, the, even with it getting tougher and deeper, you're not going to have to win every single game like you used to at the playoffs. So I like that part of the 12 team playoff. As far as all the NIL Wild Wild West stuff, they do need to figure out a way to regulate it a little better. Because a lot of these, con you know, these kids are getting contracts etched in sand. Are they actually getting paid all the stuff that they're being promised? I feel like they need to figure out a way to, to regulate it. I don't know if you do a salary cap or what, but it, it's just, it's too, uh, I mean, I, I just said regulated three times, but it's too unregulated right now. And there needs to be some kind of structure. But having said all that, I'm happy the players are getting paid. I mean, when you're looking at these billion dollar TV deals and stuff, a lot of these players coming from poor economic backgrounds, that's their window in life to make money is their college years and they're giving their bodies. So, I mean, I'm all about the players getting paid and compensated. So I'm not against that at all. Ben Mintz, Mincy, formerly a Barstool, uh, with us at Destroyer Mincy on, on social. Uh, the, the thing that went viral over the weekend was, late last week was Auburn playing up the fact that they have a Bucky's now. I guess they're the only SEC, uh, SEC program with a Bucky's in their town, which is hilarious. Uh, and by the way, I... I mean, I'd love to have a Bucky's in every town. Let's put it that way. Uh, if you don't know what it is, uh, for those listening or watching, it's a, a truck stop on crack is how to describe it. Think of a Walmart and then think of a truck it's stop. It's a full experience when you go in there. I was just insanity. there this past it's weekend. A, it's a theme park. You have to stop if you see one. Auburn's playing it up, Mincy. And, uh, of course, that led to the, the others, like South Carolina uh, and what the other programs – uh, what would come to mind for them? South Carolina's propping up, you know, the Waffle House, you know, tongue in cheek. Waffle House and Bojangles, the only school in the country uh, with the, the closest Bojangles and Waffle House to their stadium. Uh, I mean, hilarious. I, I want one for every single program. Well, his Mincy's Ole Miss Rebels with a great one also, chicken on a stick at a Chevron. <laughs> yeah. That, to me, that this was my favorite response was Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss to the, to the Bucky's post. Um, this is great, right, Mincy? No, it's so funny because chicken on sick is such a cultural thing in Oxford. Uh, you know, it's that Chevron's kind of close right off the square. And, you know, when I was younger leaving the bar, I definitely did the late night chicken on a stick uh, a lot. So it's a it's a big, it's a big cultural thing. And so I thought it was pretty funny that Lane the, the mic the mic drop was for LSU, uh, where they're the the program that will steal money from a children's hospital, the only school in the SEC to do that. Now, of course, that was a booster that uh, embezzled $800,000 that was uh, supposed to go to a, a children's hospital foundation. <laughs> and uh, again, the uh, mic drop moments. And I didn't say, did we see one for Knoxville, Chad? No, but there's actually, I, I noticed this this weekend going to Smoky Mountains, there's a Bucky's being built off the Sevierville exit, 20 miles from downtown Knoxville, off exit 407 go. on 40. So I guess now they can tout that. Everyone's making fun of Auburn, though, right, Mincy? When I saw this, my first response was, they're clearly poking fun at Auburn for this, but in a way also has you know something to brag about for themselves. Yeah, it just it's funny. I love all this kind of stuff, though, uh, the, just the, the, the humor in the SEC. 
it always cracks me up. I'm real curious on the Auburn front, on the football front, though, how Freeze is going to do. I like them getting Peyton Thorne uh, from Michigan State. Uh, I think he's he's good at the, pushing the ball down the field. I think you're one Freeze at Auburn. I mean, they're going to be a little more dangerous than people think. I am know it's probably going to be tough when, when Ole Miss plays them. Now on with the Freeze thing, that's for sure. What what So your level of fright as an Ole Miss guy with Lane Kiffin now versus Hugh Freeze – Obviously, knowing intimately what both can do as a coach, uh, from an Ole Miss perspective, how afraid are you as an Ole Miss fan that Hugh Freeze is going to get there and start winning right away? Look, the thing about Hugh Freeze, love him or hate him, he wins everywhere he goes. I mean, whether it's women's high school basketball, you know, Briarcrest football, Arkansas State, Liberty, Ole Miss, I mean, he's won everywhere. And so I think he's going to do really well at Auburn. Uh, the thing about freeze teams is they're great at pulling off upsets, but he'll lose a couple that he's supposed to win too. Mm-hmm. You know, he does a great job getting his team up for big games, and that's why part of why he's at Auburn because he beat old, beat Alabama twice at Ole Miss. Uh, but I think he's going to get it going pretty quick. Uh, I, I think Auburn's got a great you know fan base and home field advantage, and so it's not going to be easy. Uh, as far as the Ole Miss front schedules, murder this year. I think Ole Miss is going to be a better football team than they were last year, but last year they started seven and zero, playing a cream puff four. This year, road games at Georgia, at Alabama, at Auburn, at Mississippi State. And then week two in uptown New Orleans at Tulane is real tricky. Yes. I, I feel like Ole Miss is heading for a seven. You know, I think eight wins would be a great season with the schedule, but I, I actually think they're going to be a better team uh, than they were last year, but the record's not going to show it probably. How, how did Kiffin land all three of those quarterbacks? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, my thing, I don't think the situation looks good for Jackson Dart. I don't think you're bringing in a four-year starter in Sanders and Walker Howard if you thought Dart could be the guy. Uh, so I, 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 it doesn't look good on the surface. I mean, who knows? You know, I'm not in the quarterback room, obviously. Uh, the big thing for Ole Miss is how Pete Golding, who came over from Bama, he's done a great job recruiting in the transfer portal. But Ole Miss got put in a bad spot last year. Lane hired Chris Kipp and his brother uh, came back from Cleveland Browns. He was the D-line coach. Well, he came back to Ole Miss to be the defensive coordinator, and then six weeks later, he's like, I'm over this college football NIL and left. And so Ole Miss had to promote Chris Partridge, uh, who was who like uh, an NIL guy, and a, you know, kind of a position coach to be the defensive coordinator. And, you know, unfortunately, defense didn't do as well. And so I'm hopefully Pete Golding can uh, help the defense a lot. That's something uh, to, that Ole Miss really needs to improve this year to compete. Mincy, uh, with us, uh, you mentioned the World Series of Poker and all that. It, uh, any good uh, Doyle Brunson stories from behind the scenes? The legendary poker player, 10-time winner who passed away earlier this month? Well, so I, like so many people that started playing poker, he had a book called Super Systems that uh, I read at the very beginning. And I think so many people did when they were learning poker. Uh, where he like he really explained why being aggressive and putting opponents to decisions for all their chips and being unpredictable is such a profitable strategy. Uh, but I don't have any. I mean, I've I've walked by him a few times, but unfortunately, I never met him. Uh, so I don't have any too crazy stories. But uh, they honored him today. Uh, the World Series of Poker started today with a twenty five thousand dollars six max, and they had a moment of silence for Doyle. And you know, I mean, that's like losing Babe Ruth in baseball. I mean, he. he you can't lose someone like that, but he lived such a full life and uh, just such a such an all time legend and character that you know he, he will be greatly missed forever. Mincy, thank you for the time, man. We we appreciate the perspective and the honesty. And uh, look, you mentioned you've got options, um, and the the public has your back too. It seems uh, the 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 outpouring of support is the opposite of I know of what you expected would happen. Uh, and despite that, they still fired you, which is still. 
mind blowing to us on this end. So uh, keep okay. up, keep keep your head up like you're doing, man, because you're doing a great job at doing that. Yeah, it's going to be a great summer. Anybody that wants to support Poker Go, sign up with code Mitzi. You get 20 bucks off. I'm going to be doing commentary for Final Tables. It's going to be awesome. If you want to follow the World Series of Poker, uh, sign up and follow Poker Go. Hit that again. So, yeah, I'll say it again. Sign up, Poker Go. Like, it's going to be, we're going to have live streams of all the World Series of Poker Final Tables, main event coverage. I'm going to be out in the wild doing reporting, <laughs> doing commentary, podcasts, whatever. Uh, but if anybody that wants to follow the World Series of Poker, sign up for Poker Go, code Mitzi. It's 20 bucks off if you use that code. I get a little bit of a referral back. And uh, I think it's like 60 or 70 bucks for yearly subscription. So it's not too bad. Hey, man, appreciate the time. Enjoy it. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Good luck with everything. Yeah, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah, man. Ben Mintz, Ole Miss, the Rebel. Uh, man, I, I still want to know the backstory on the quarterbacks at Ole Miss. Yeah, they just kept uh, landing uh, them. Embarrassment and of riches, got, and also Jackson starters. Dart was the talk of spring practice from the head coach. Yes, about how great he responded and how he was the best quarterback there. You wonder how much of that is talk. Well, he's already to got keep the guys him on the roster. Yes, he, did, so he didn't leave. You come with the fall camp, and now suddenly Spencer Sanders is fully healthy, and he's the That's better what option. I think. Because it, it's gamesmanship. Positive wow. dude. You, you got to appreciate yeah, the positivity from Mincy. There's plenty to, to unpack from that conversation. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll unpack uh, some of the things he said there about Penn Entertainment, Barstool, and the 100% ownership factor that Portnoy does not have. And what's next for him? That's next on Hot Minds. Wrapping up what's been a fast show on this Tuesday after Memorial Day weekend. Hunting with her with you. Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Things are about to get busy this week and next week here with CMA Fest. Just around the corner, a lot of uh, concerts and events throughout the city. Jam-packed. We just had Mincy on talking about Jazz Fest yeah. in New Orleans. And here in Nashville, CMA Fest is about to invade. How about Mincy? Uh, he was good. Yeah, he's not feeling sorry for himself. He's not trying to get others to do that. In fact, I mean, um, he said he was surprised with the the response by the overall public. But that is what Barstool – he got fired for being Barstool. You know, he, he didn't mean to say what he said. Um, Portnoy even admitted that in the two, the two different times he's addressed this. Uh, the day of and then the morning after. When he got fired, said he had his back, nothing he could do about it because, again, he sold the company, 100% of it's with Penn Entertainment. And the backlash or not, no backlash, didn't matter. Mincy still got fired. And Penn's pointing to the political game of it, the, the gaming of it, and the licensing that comes with the, the gambling licenses that they need and, and that they covet. And uh, to me, there's, there's a brand that they purchased that they did not stand with in this instance. And I think anyone watching it, you read a headline like this and you immediately think one thing. I think if you watch it and you see what happened, you know he made a, a stupid but honest mistake. I mean, look, I, I, I'm going to speculate here because I don't know anyone involved. We just That was my first chance to talk to Mincy. I've hung out and met Dave Portnoy before, but he's not the one making this decision. And Mincy was explicit about that, that he wanted him to still be employed, and he's not. So someone at, at Penn Gaming, I think someone just didn't like him. 
I think someone probably watched the clip for the first time that some corporate overlord and doesn't like a Southern guy for whatever reason and heard him saying that word as a Southern guy, mistake or not, and decided, yeah, I don't want this guy around. And they weren't willing to listen to people that understood the Barstool brand a lot more than them, which are Erica Nardini, the CEO, and Dave Portnoy, the founder. And they decided to make the decision unilaterally on their own. And then they hid behind some, oh, we're not going to get gaming license in these states if we don't make if we don't fire this guy, which is just stupid. Yeah. That's not the case at all. Um, I, I think that's ultimately what happened, and it's sad. That's why I wanted to ask him, do you know who fired you? Do you know who it was that made the decision? Because I'd want to know that because to me it seems like a situation where someone just, even if they didn't know him, they don't like him in his style, and they're probably not someone from the South. And they saw it and thought, yeah, we don't need this guy. This isn't what we want to be. This isn't Barstool. And even though Portnoy and Erica and everyone there had his back and went to bat for him, didn't matter. Yeah, but... That's just me. That's my guess on what happened. Didn't want him there. But again, that the, the elements that backed him are why they purchased the company. Exactly. Barstool and Big Cat. And this is a big issue. And... That that's the fascinating aspect of it is they paid uh, reported what five hundred fifty one million dollars for the full purchase. Uh, the stock when it dropped based on a well, uh, Darren Ravel I believe called it a lukewarm earnings report paired with this news. Um, it dropped where Penn Entertainment was worth you know just less than seven hundred million. But when you consider what they paid for, like again that you're buying the brand and the brand is Portnoy. Big Cat, and those that have been there for, for the duration, right? And when they're publicly saying in an emergency press conference after Mincy had been fired that they had nothing, there was nothing else that they could do, they had his back, and they disagree with the decision, I don't know why you make that move if you're going to get that backlash from the brand that you purchased and spent half a billion dollars on. That makes no sense to me. It's a bad business move by them. I mean, it's showing itself right now, but to not listen to Portnoy and Erica, maybe there's pride involved here. Maybe there's, like I said, just... As Portnoy said, though, and he he said, hey, this is what they're saying. They, Penn Penn was saying they were getting pressure from government because there there are political figures who hate Barstool and what they stand for with the free speech aspect of it. You know, the non apology apologies type stuff where I, I'm sorry that you're offended. I'm offended that you're offended and I apologize for that. Um, and that there have been state senators and legislators that have said like, I, I can't vote f- through pin because they're, you know, they're uh, partnered with Barstool. And that's before this incident. So that part is believable when they're looking for gaming licenses, specifically well, in the state of Massachusetts and in the, the Northeast. Then, out someone for corruption. I mean, if they're going to go behind the scenes and say that I'm going to see to it that we pull your gaming license or this happens because an employee of someone of a parent company that they bought did this and the person's being disciplined, but they weren't fired, if that's going to be the reason that a gaming license either isn't accepted or is or is disbanded, that's borderline criminal. Then you should out that, those people that do that. They said that publicly. I mean, that's Portnoy said that in his first presser that evening. 
Oh, I know they said it, but out, who was it? <laughs> I want to know names. What state senators or what politicians reached out to Penn Gaming and said these things? Because that's ridiculous. Well, I don't know if they're what they said, but they were definitely feeling heat. Uh, or if but they're, if you if they're are, trying to lobby, I mean, if you want to talk about corruption, I mean, there's lobbyists on both sides of this look, game. Look, he, he opened the door when he made the mistake. You, you mentioned it was a dumb mistake, an honest mistake, but a dumb mistake. And he's owned that, Mincy has, that he opened the door to whatever happened, happened, and he got fired. I just think it's an insanely dumb branding decision, and I'm sure Dave Portnoy told his bosses that. Look, we stand against this. We are going to trash this guy. We're going to make him his life miserable by making fun of him and he's going to issue an apology. We're going to own it as a mistake, but do not fire him because we know his heart. We know what he is. We know what he, what he's meaning behind everything. I think they made a bad business decision. They're going to point to, well, we're going to lose this, this, and this, and maybe that's true. Maybe it's not, but I think it was a bad brand decision well, for, uh, for Barstool. Sure. Yeah. And they, to me, they bought the brand and they went against the brand. Um, but they, they stuck, with the brand whenever Portnoy had allegations. And yep. who, know, who knows what they were facing then in terms of heat or pressure. Now the question will be how long until ESPN fires someone on McAfee's staff that he doesn't want fired or let go. Yeah. I mean, and that, and is that going to cause a big problem? I think it might. Because but, he's a loud, outspoken, loyal guy. Yes. Like Dave Portnoy. We're back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern, for the Wednesday edition. We hope you'll join us for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Have a great evening.